Welcome to this marketing edition of B2B Nation, part of the Technology Advice Podcast Network. Today on the show, we have Joe Polizzi, the founder of the Content Marketing Institute. Thanks so much for joining the B2B Nation, Joe. Sure. Josh, it's great to be here. Well, fantastic. Well, I'd love to hear the story of the Content Marketing Institute. So you said 2007, so that was sort of just in the midst of companies starting to really start, um, I think, to promote their content online. Um, what what was sort of the impetus and what sort of brought about uh, the need to, to create this institute? Well, first of all, I mean, content marketing as a discipline has been around for you know 100 plus years. It was called branded content or custom publishing traditionally in Europe, it's known as customer media or corporate publishing. And the term content marketing really started to gain traction in 2010. But as I was, you know, this is 2001, 2002, and I was going and meeting with chief marketing officers from around the world. I just had this feeling that owned media was going to be critical, especially with search being so important with social media pipes opening up and we could communicate directly with customers. And as we knew, and still to this day, uh, most brands are really not very good at creating stories that are compelling. They're really good at talking about themselves and they're not going to get, you know, with, with consumers having all the power in their hands now, they've got a 24 seven device with them at all times that they can get whatever information they want. How do you cut through that clutter? You do that by creating valuable, compelling and relevant information on a consistent basis. And that's why we really started the, the Institute and the organization, because there's just so much to learn on how to do this and how to do it really consistently and have the patience and the processes set up so that you can really, you're, you're really doing what a publisher and media company has been doing for a long time. But instead of monetizing through advertising or paid content, you're trying to sell more products and services. Got it. And how important is it for every company to have a content marketing strategy? Obviously, uh, this has become a really, really important part of marketing these days. But uh, would you say it's a necessary uh, feature for every company out there? Well, first of all, you don't have to have one. I believe that the most innovative and growing companies have one or should have one. If you're just trying to stay status quo, you could probably do traditional marketing and be okay with it, depending on how your distribution network works and what you're trying to sell. Uh, but if you are, I mean, what, so why would you do content marketing? You're either trying to generate sales, you're trying to save costs compared with what you've done in the past, or you're trying to create more loyal customers. Uh, and so you can, so for those three things, I mean, there's a lot of other things that go into them. It. it could be recruitment, it uh, could be some internal communications issues that you're trying to, you know, keep people at the company longer or happier. So there's lots of other ways. But if you're looking at targeting external audiences, it's sales savings or sunshine. Sunshine is, you know, creating happier customers as we, as we talk about it. So, so there's lots of different ways to do it. But as you see, you know, if you see most of the examples from some of the larger brands out there, they're still very campaign based. So, oh, we're going to do this for six to nine months. And that is not how you build a long-term relationship. I mean, we see, I mean, you probably seen it. Microsites are created. There was a lot of content going into one area. They go, they do it for nine months and then they stop. And I'm like, what is going on? So basically what we're trying to help marketers with is how do you build an audience and then monetize that audience? Not monetize right away, but build an audience, give value every day, every week, whatever the case is, and then monetize that down the road. And 
brands simply are not good at it at all. Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree. And I think that adding value for your customers is probably one of the most important things that you can do as a marketer. And you really have to be smart about how you approach that conversation around KPIs and around monetization. So I want to pivot now a little bit into uh, you guys recently attended and covered CAN. What were you guys looking for? What were some of the big uh, trends that you saw at uh, at the show this year? Well, what's interesting about it, we, you know, we, we weren't at CAN, but we, we did cover it. And we looked at they, you know, they have a branded content category for their awards. And what was funny, they didn't award anything this year. But we looked into all the entrants into it. They're really all ads. I mean, they're they're it's not content marketing. It's it's story based advertising, which by the way is fine, but it's not ongoing. I mean, if you're doing a program for three, four, five months, you know, that's not building a long term relationship with customers and then monetizing that through sales savings with sunshine. That's not how it works. So it's just interesting to see that. Now, if we look at creating a content marketing strategy around that and kind of the trends going forward, why create one? When we do our content marketing institute marketing process, we've been doing this benchmarking research for six years. We're on our seventh year now. And what we find out is those that are really successful with content marketing, the critical differentiator is they actually document their content marketing strategy. So you'd be amazed, Josh, at the number of projects that go on out there that just say, oh, we should do a blog or let's do some videos or let's do some content on Facebook. But they don't have an integrated strategy around that. And then really, this is the big thing. And it's it, for you coming from advertising, you'd think it's a it's a no brainer, but it's not. You have yes, you're going to put all these resources into creating amazing content, but you have to have a distribution plan. Yeah. If you don't have an audience already, if you don't have an opt-in subscriber base already that can get their hands on that, how are people going to get a hold of that content? And you see so much money going in upfront to content creation, and not a lot on distribution. So you've really got to look at. I mean, there's no, you know, it's not black or white. There's lots of different ways to do it, but maybe 50% on content creation, 50% on distribution is a really good way to start so that you can get somebody engaging in this content. And then the, the last thing is subscribers. We actually want to have a person opt into our content. And for the most part, we see metrics being used about engagement metrics or web traffic metrics, which in my mind, are meaningless unless we're creating a long-term relationship with somebody. And that means getting them in as a subscriber and cutting through that clutter so that if, when somebody gets up in the morning, you know, they actually have that. They're getting that email or they're getting that notification if they're on YouTube or iTunes, whatever, that they're going to get that content and that's something special and that's not just a sales pitch. Yeah, I mean, I guess it has to be interesting content that people want to regularly, you know, follow. I think that's the hardest part for me with content marketing and trying to, you know, figure out, I guess, what will ultimately create the subscribers. And I guess it all stems from being able to create creative content that people are ultimately interested in. So what are some what are some challenges that you see for this industry moving forward? Well, outside of the fact that patience is really important, but you have to have the plan on What's the series? So let's just look at some of the things that we see, right? So if you're like, go to go to most brands, YouTube account, there's just a mish, a mosh pit of all kinds of videos kind of sporadically uh, submitted and they're not around anything in particular. What really works in YouTube or iTunes or on your blog is an ongoing series that positions us as the leading informational or entertainment expert around something. 
So what is that? So just think about it. Whoever is listening to this, let's just say, hey, what what can you really be the expert resource that they're going to choose your content over the thousand other things around that topic in the world? And if you go to, I would say that most content created by brands, they're probably there's probably seven, eight, nine other resources out there that are talking about the exact same thing. Well, how is your story any? And this is not easy, by the way. But you have to figure out how is your story any different? Why would they choose to leave? the information that they've been getting uh, from whatever site it is and go to yours. Cause you're not in, not just in competition with all the people in your industry, you're in competition with, with Google and Facebook and whatever your spouse is posting on Facebook and all those types of things, <laughs> you have to divert your attention in some way. So it has to be really, really valuable. So in everything that we create, are you creating value? Do you understand the informational needs and pain points of your audience? Are you focusing that on a way where, Hey, if, what if we just took our, our logo off of this blog post, but people know it's us. That's a really good way to look at it. Like just take the logo off of everything you're creating. Would they know that it's your story? Probably not. So yeah, there's, I mean, the, the, so we're, we're just trying to educate them and how, and by the way, traditional marketing is not going away, but how do we use content marketing to make all the stuff we're doing in traditional that much better? How is it making our SEO better? Is it making our advertising better? I think it can be, it's not an either or I think that, we're just seeing, hey, we've we've ignored content marketing for so long. We've ignored own media for so long. How do we make it even more important part of our puzzle to attract and retain customers? Yeah, ultimately, I think attracting and retaining customers is really uh, the most important thing as a marketer that, that you can really do um, and give back to your company. So uh, I want to now talk about uh, the upcoming content marketing world. Uh, how was the idea developed and what are you sort of looking forward to? Well, I mean, the, first, the way I, I look at it, I look, I come from a publishing background. So I look at it from, you know, what, if you look at the greatest media companies of all time, how do they set up their community? And they do it through the three-legged stool. You have a digital component, uh, most a digital platform, if you will. You have a print platform and you have an event in-person platform. And if you look at, look at ESPN, look at New York Times, look at Washington Post, they all have this. This is how they created their community and positioned themselves as the expert. And in 2010, this is September of 2010, we quickly realized we were building the platform for the blog, but there was this community need to get together. You know, there are these content champions in these companies that they, they need to get together. They want to talk about challenges with other people that are dealing with similar challenges. So what a lot of people think is, the number one reason why you would go to an event is education. And it's while it's very important, Josh, it's not the number one reason. Number one reason is network and meet people like me. And that's the thing. And that just wasn't available. I mean, there it was happening in pockets here and there. And like even before then, we had small workshops and things like that. But there wasn't one big event. So 2011, we launched. We were expecting 100 to 150 people to show up in Cleveland in September. We got 600. Oh, wow. And we said, <laughs> hey, this is this might be something. And then now, you know, now we're up to over 3000, which is fantastic. But you just, it's, it's almost like, you know, you got to get together and meet with these people. And what I love about it, maybe my favorite thing is outside of having, you know, the John Cleese's or the Dick Offerman's of the world that are, that are coming and, and showcase. We had Kevin Spacey last year, which was fantastic, but it's the fact that people could meet with each other and they keep those relationships going. And we feel like we're really part of this, this community that's, really trying to advance this practice that a lot of people don't know how to do very well. 
Definitely. And what are you most looking forward to uh, this year? And it's always so interesting. I I love to hear. So Nick Offerman obviously is an amazing storyteller. As a comedian, you sort of have to be. Um, But I'm curious, too, these comedians, too, and we see them at at conferences sort of all over. What do you think they specifically and someone like Nick could potentially offer to content marketers out there? Well, there's a couple of things about Nick, and we were looking at having him for a long time, so it's it's interesting <laughs> to see. First of all, you're right, great great storyteller, but com- what comedians do well, maybe better than anyone else, is they have a really good feel for the audience. You know, what what do the audience need to hear? What are we trying to do? We inspire them, teach them something, and they do that through different stories throughout their presentations. I think the other thing I love, if you've read his books, whether that's Gumption or I forgot that Paddle Your Own Canoe is this other book that he's written. It really talks about this idea of, the, of, of your own individual path. And I love that message in it because that's what brands need to hear. Brand marketers need to hear about the fact that it's not me too marketing. This is the time because we have a direct communication line with our customers, we actually can tell our own story. And if that story is really compelling, it can actually help our business. We don't think about it that way. And I, I love to I, I was reading a Seth Godin post the other day and I totally agreed with it, with the fact that if let's say that there was no more market, like no more traditional marketing, we just woke up tomorrow, we had a clean slate. Well, what would we do? Would we actually wait for people to build audiences and then create advertising and interrupt around that audience and say, oh, no, no, don't don't integrate. Don't don't engage in the content you really want to look at my ad. Or look at me over here. No, we would create our own. We would absolutely create our own audience. We would try to develop our own subscriber base and audience base. And I just think that because we've been doing this mass media, targeted mass media thing for 50 years, we almost lost our way a little bit. So I'm excited about all that. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of there's a hundred plus more great presenters and I'm not giving them credit because I'm just telling you the headliners. Like we're having, I lo- I'm loving to hear Marriott's story. So Marriott, they put their flag on the ground and said, we are going to be the leading media informational company in travel and tourism. I mean, that, that's amazing. And if you think about how that's going to change their business model in the future, like it did for Red Bull, I mean, I want to hear that story. So we've got Marriott as a keynote and, you know, basically in another 30, 40 other brands that are struggling with this. And that, and maybe it's the challenges I like the best because it's not easy to do this, but the payoff is great if you consistently deliver upon whatever that mission statement is that you're trying to deliver to your customers. Well, fantastic. Well, who Who's the ideal attendee for this conference? I guess you said you mentioned earlier someone who's sort of interested in engaging and finding and bouncing ideas off of other people in content marketing, but do you guys have a sort of sweet spot for uh, an ideal attendee? Yeah, I mean, we, we target mid-market size companies and up. So normally it's, even though we've got a lot of small business attendees and we've got tracks specifically for small businesses, for the most part, you get large companies like a Rockwell Automation, like a you know Parker Hannafin, a Lincoln Electric, those big B two B companies like a General Electric. They come in and they bring you know a dozen people from their team because we've got eleven concurrent tracks. So they'll bring you know, who's the SEO person? That person needs to be there. Who's the marketing person? Who's the PR person? Who's the communication person? That's what I love about it because the first year, Josh. You just said we will normally had one representative from each company, which is fine. But what I love seeing is that somebody's sending 20 people so that when you go back, and this is the toughest thing, when you go to the event and then you go back and you're one or two people, you've got to fight that battle all over again. 
uh, but because it, you're doing something different. You're trying to change the culture. If you have five, six, seven, ten people that you're taking back, you've already got buy-in from a significant pr- pr- uh, group of people, and then you don't have a tough time selling, as tough a time selling it internally, and you can get the buy-in and move forward much quicker. And that's what I really love about it. So, you know, anybody anybody that's working for a larger brand in the marketing PR communication space at all, there's a there's a session for you every – there's 11 concurrent sessions. If you can't find one, there's a big, big problem from content strategy to translation to documenting your strategy all the way to social media, traditional PR, and how you just tell a, tell a better story. And then how do you show return on it? So we have more sessions this year on measurement and metrics than we've ever had before. Well, that is an amazing sell for the conference. It sounds really, really great. So, how can our uh, how can our listeners find out more about not only Content Marketing World but the Content Marketing Institute? Sure. I mean, contentmarketinginstitute.com. We do a blog post every day or multiple posts every day, and then Content Marketing World. We've got the full agenda up there. Everything actually, everything is up there right now. Even though we're more than sixty days out as we promote this, everything is up there um, so that you can see and you can actually pick your sessions, which is great because we want to make sure if you want to go to a session, you you don't get locked out. So go to Content Marketing World. You can select your sessions and you're good to go. Fantastic. Well, I am definitely looking forward to seeing the coverage of the conference. It sounds like a great resource that I mean almost anyone in, in marketing and as you said PR communications can benefit from so thank you so much Joe for, for joining me today content marketing is definitely uh, one of my favorite topics to discuss and I think we had a, a very awesome conversation um, also thank you to our listeners for following along if you're trying to find the right technology for your business we've done the research so you don't have to check out our website technologyadvice.com thanks for listening